0: Chapter eighteen, part one of Struggles and Triumphs, or Forty Years' Recollections of P. T. Barnum, written by himself. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. Struggles and Triumphs of P. T. Barnum, chapter eighteen. THE NIGHTINGALE IN NEW YORK, PART 1 After the engagement with Miss Lynn was consummated, she declined several liberal offers to sing in London, but at my solicitation, gave two concerts in Liverpool on the eve of her departure for America. My object in making this request was to add the eclat of that side to the excitement on this side of the Atlantic, which was already nearly up to fever heat the first of the two liverpool concerts was given the night previous to the departure of the saturday steamer for america my agent had procured the services of a musical critic from london who finished his account of this concert at a half past one o'clock the following morning and at two o'clock my agent was overseeing its insertion in a liverpool morning paper numbers of which he forwarded to me by the steamer of the same day the republication of the criticism in the american papers including an account of the enthusiasm which attended and followed the concert her transatlantic had the desired effect on wednesday morning august twenty-one eighteen fifty jenny Lynn and Messrs. benedict and Belletti set sail from liverpool in the steamship atlantic in which i had long before engaged the necessary accommodations and on board of which I had shipped a piano for their use. They were accompanied by my agent, Mr. Wilton, and also by Miss Amundsen and Mr. Mac Yorksberg, cousins of Miss Lynn, the latter being her secretary, also by her two servants and the valet of Messrs. Benedict and Belletti. It was expected that the steamer would arrive on Sunday, September 1st, but determined to meet the songstress on her arrival whenever it might be, i went to staten island on saturday and slept at the hospitable residence of my friend dr a sydney Doane, who was at that time the health officer of the port of new york a few minutes before 12 o'clock on sunday morning the atlantic hove into sight and immediately afterwards through the kindness of my friend Doane, i was on board the ship and had taken jenny lynn by the hand after a few moments conversation she asked me when and where I had heard her sing. "'I never have the pleasure of seeing you before in my life,' I replied. "'How is it possible that you dared risk so much money on a person whom you never heard sing?' she asked in surprise. "'I risked it on your reputation, which in musical matters I would much rather trust than my own judgment,' I replied. "'I may as well state that although I relied prominently upon Jenny Lind's reputation as a great musical artiste, i also took largely into my estimate of her success with all classes of the american public her character for extraordinary benevolence and generosity without this peculiarity in her disposition i never would have dared make the engagement which i did as i felt sure that there were multitudes of individuals in america who would be prompted to attend her concerts by this feeling alone thousands of persons covered the shipping and piers and other thousands had congregated on the wharf at canal street to see her the wildest enthusiasm prevailed as the steamer approached the dock so great was the rush on a sloop near the steamer's berth that one man in his zeal to obtain a good view accidentally tumbled overboard amid the shouts of those near him miss Lynde witnessed the incident and was much alarmed he was however soon rescued after taking to himself a cold duck instead of securing a view of the nightingale a bower of green trees decorated with beautiful flags was discovered on the wharf together with two triumphal arches on one of which was inscribed welcome Ginny Lynn the second was surmounted by the American Eagle and bore the inscription welcome to America these decorations were not produced by magic and I do not know that I can reasonably find fault with those who suspected I had a hand in their erection My private carriage was in waiting, and Jenny Lynn was escorted to it by Captain West. The rest of the musical party entered the carriage, and mounting the box at the driver's side, I directed him to the Irving house. I took that seat as a legitimate advertisement, and my presence on the outside of the carriage aided those who filled the windows and sidewalks along the whole route in coming to the conclusion that Jenny Lynn had arrived a reference to the journals of that day will show that never before had there been such enthusiasm in the city of new york or indeed in america within ten minutes after our arrival at the irving house not less than twenty thousand persons had congregated around the entrance in broadway nor was the number diminished before nine o'clock in the evening at her request i dined with her that afternoon and when according to european custom she prepared to pledge me in a glass of wine she was somewhat surprised at my saying miss Lynde, i do not think you can ask any other favor on earth which i would not gladly grant but i am a teetotaler and must beg to be permitted to drink your health and happiness in a glass of cold water at twelve o'clock that night she was serenaded by the new york musical Fund society numbering on that occasion two hundred musicians they were escorted to the irving house by about three hundred firemen in their red shirts bearing torches there was a far greater throng in the streets than there was even during the day the calls for jenny lynn were so vehement that i led her through a window to the balcony the loud cheers from the crowds lasted for several minutes before the serenade was permitted to proceed again i have given the a sketch of but a portion of the instance of jenny lynn's first day in america For weeks afterwards the excitement was unabated. Her rooms were thronged by visitors, including the magnates of the land in both church and state. The carriages of the wealthiest citizens could be seen in front of her hotel at nearly all hours of the day, and it was with some difficulty that I prevented the fashionables from monopolizing her altogether, and thus, as I believed, sadly marring my interest by cutting her off from the warm sympathies she had awakened among the masses presents of all sorts were showered upon her milliners mantua makers and shopkeepers vied with each other in calling her attention to their wares of which they sent her many valuable specimens delighted if in return they could receive her autograph acknowledgement songs quadrilles and polkas were dedicated to her and poets sung in her praise. We had Jenny Lind gloves, Jenny Lind bonnets, Jenny Lind riding hats, Jenny Lind shawls, mantillas, robes, chairs, sofas, pianos-in fact, everything was Jenny Lind. Her movements were constantly watched, and the moment her carriage appeared at the door, it was surrounded by multitudes eager to catch a glimpse of the Swedish nightingale in looking over my scrapbooks of extracts from the new york papers of that day in which all accessible details concerning her were duly chronicled it seems almost incredible that such a degree of enthusiasm should have existed an abstract of the sayings and doings in regards to the jenny lynn mania for the first ten days after her arrival appeared in the london times of september twenty third eighteen fifty And although it was an ironical showing up of the American enthusiasm, filling several columns, it was nevertheless a faithful condensation of facts which at this late day seem even to myself more like a dream than reality. Before her arrival, I had offered $200 for a prize ode, Greeting to America, to be sung by Jenny Lynn at her first concert several hundred poems were sent in from all parts of the united states and the canadas the duties of the prize committee in reading these effusions and making choice of the one most worthy the prize were truly arduous the offerings with perhaps a dozen exceptions were the merest doggerel trash the prize was awarded to bayard taylor for the following ode greeting to america words by bayard taylor music by julius benedict i greet with a full heart the land of the west whose banner of stars o'er a world is unrolled whose empire overshadows atlantic's wide breast and opens to sunset its gateway of gold the land of the mountain the land of the lake and rivers that roll in magnificent tide where the souls of the mighty from slumber await and halo the soil for whose freedom they died thou cradle of empire though wide be the foam that severs the land of my fathers and thee i hear from thy bosom the welcome of home for song has a home in the hearts of the free and long as thy waters shall gleam in the sun and long as thy heroes remember their scars
1: be the hands
0: of thy children united as one and peace shed her light on thy banner of stars this award although it gave general satisfaction yet was met with disfavor by several disappointed poets who notwithstanding the decision of the committee persisted in believing and declaring their own productions to be the best this state of feeling was doubtless in part the cause which led to the publication about this time of a witty pamphlet entitled Barnum's Parnassus being confidential disclosures of the prize committee on the Jenny Lynn song. It gave some capital hits in which the committee, the enthusiastic public, the nightingale, and myself were roundly ridiculed. The following is a fair specimen from the work in question Barnum Opsis, a recitative When to the common rest that crowns his days, dusty and worn the tired pedestrian goes, what light is that whose wide o'erlooking blaze A sudden glory on his pathway throws? Tis not the setting sun whose drooping lid Closed on the worry world at half-past six. Tis not the rising moon whose rays are hid Behind the city's somber piles of bricks. It is the drummond light that from the top O' Barnum's massive pile sky-mingling there Darts his quick gleam o'er every shadowed shop and gilds broadway with unaccustomed glare there o'er the sordid gloom whose deepening tracks furrow the city's brow the front of ages thy loftier light descends on cabs and hacks and on two dozen different lines of stages o twilight sun with thy far darting ray thou art a type of him whose tireless hands hung thee on high to guide the stranger's way where in its pride his vast museum stands him who in search of wonders new and strange grasps the wide skirts of nature's mystic robe explores the circles of eternal change and the dark chambers of the central globe he from the reedy shores of fabled nile has brought thick ribbed and ancient as old iron that venerable beast the crocodile and many a skin of many a famous lion go lose thyself in those continuous halls where strays the fond papa with son and daughter and all that charms or startles or appals thou shalt behold and for a single quarter far from the in deserts now withdrawn their huge constrictors coil their scaly backs there casing glass malignant and unshorn old murderers glare in sullenness and wax there many a varied form the sight beguiles in rusty broadcloth decked and shocking hat and there the unwieldy lambert sits and smiles in the majestic plenitude of fat or for thy gayer hours the orang o' tang or ape salutes thee with his strange grimace and in their shapes stuffed as on earth they sprang thine individual being thou canst trace and joys the youth in life's green spring who goes with the sweet babe and the gray-headed nurse to see those cosmoramic orbs disclose the varied beauties of the universe and last not least the marvelous ethiope changing his skin by preternatural skill whom every setting sun's diurnal slope leaves whiter than the last and whitening still all that of monstrous scaly strange and queer has come from out the womb of earliest time thou hast o barnum in thy keeping here nor is this all for triumphs more sublime await thee yet i jenny lind who reigns sublimely throned the imperial queen of song wooed by thy golden harmonies have deigned captive to join the heterogeneous throng sustained by an unfaltering trust in coin dealt from thy hand o thou illustrious man gladly i heard the summons come to join myself the innumerable caravan besides the foregoing this pamphlet contained eleven poems most of which abounded in wit i have room for but a single stanza the poet speaks of the various curiosities in the museum and representing me as still searching for further novelties makes me address the swedish nightingale as follows so jenny come along you're just the card for me and quiz these kings and queens for the country of the free they'll welcome you with speeches and serenades and rockets and you will touch their hearts and i will tap their pockets and if between us both the public isn't skinned, why, my name isn't Barnum, nor your name Jenny Lind. Various extracts from this brochure were copied in the papers daily, and my agents scattered the work as widely as possible, thus efficiently aiding and advertising my enterprise and serving to keep up the public excitement. End of chapter 18, part 1, Recorded by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona.